at 4pm on your community radio 3CR. We are still fired up and we're still talking about revolution. Hello and welcome to the Doing Time Show. This is 3CR Community Radio, 855am on the dial, streaming live on www.3cr.org.au. This is Marissa and I'll be taking you through until 5 o'clock this evening. First up on the show, we're going to be speaking with Brett Collins from Justice Action. And Brett has been a wonderful contributor on our show for many years. He's actually from Justice Action and um, has spoken about lots and lots of campaigns that Justice Action is working on at the moment and in the past. And today we're going to be speaking about the fact that newspapers are be going, will, be, will be hopefully going into Victorian prisons and also South Australian prisons and giving just a bit of a general update on that. And we'll also speak about um, some, of the, some of the issues surrounding mental health um, as well and looking at incarceration um, of that arena. And then after that, we'll be speaking with Ian from the Refugee Action Coalition in New South Wales. And I was speaking to Ian this morning off air about the fact that suicides have definitely increased on Manus Island. And indeed, we're going to be talking about that and looking at the plight of asylum seekers and refugees and how um, the recent election results may affect that. So we're coming up now is Brett Collins. Hello, Brett. Welcome. Yes, hello, Marissa. It's lovely to have you back again. Yes, good on you. Lovely to speak with you guys. Absolutely. So, Brett, I'm wondering if you could just talk a bit about what's been going on at Justice Action and talk about the newspapers and, and the mental health um, issues as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, I probably, the newspaper should be said to piece because it is, after all, the, the only paper going to everybody inside um, um, prisons nationally and into, into the psychiatric hospital. So we've actually got 44,000 people, you know, give or take you know, a hundred or so, um, throughout all the prison systems. And we have another about, we, we estimate about 6,000 people locked up into the psychiatric hospitals in each of the states of territories. So what we have, for example, in Victoria, we were actually able to send into every person, like every person inside a um, Victorian prison received a copy of the newspaper. So distributors, so every newspaper, Barwon, every, every prison, Barwon, Port Phillips, they're all a number of them. I think they're 19, or I'm not quite sure of the numbers, but um, that's in the database. And, so, and we sent uh, then after getting agreement from the Victorian Commissioner for prisons, sent uh, then a, um, a letter to every prison with a package of um, 600, for example, to you know, the Port Phillip or whatever it was, the um, numbers in that particular jail were sent to each of the managers of the, of the jails to be distributed to every prisoner. And, some, and each of them has a whole range of stuff. It's only four pages, but it's, a, it's the only sheet to go in. And so, and so uh, it has on the bottom, in the bottom um, inside corner has a coupon, which allows everyone who receives a copy of the newspaper to send back a registration slip that then gives them entitlement to whole access to a whole lot of services that they've never ever seen before. And one of the most important things is access to email, to email, access to also something like Facebook, which is a, a profile, and then and, and then two new services we're offering, which is um, we thought ah, let's let's go for it. Is we're going to send we're setting up a, a bolt service where people can um, can have the uh, any documents, transcripts, photos, or whatever it is. And um, quite often you lose them when you're in jail or when you're arrested. 
Um, you can end up with uh, you know, all this material and then no way of moving it from jail to jail or wherever it's going to be. We will now, except on our, on our, on our safe server, which is um, defended on um, and our major telecommunications company supports it, um, we'll, we will um, put a space where there where people can um, securely uh, uh, hold their documents. Scans of their documents will remain there for as long as they want. We're not going to charge for it. We think it's a, a sort of service that um, the prisoner community can offer. We already have enough space on the server, so there the bought service. And on top of that other service, we'll have an information services where people can ask us questions about you know, what education is available, what, what's available in their particular area. And we have now a library of information which we can then send out to people. If it's in Victoria or Northern Territory or Tasmania, we have information about what is available, how do you go about doing it, and all that sort of stuff which we can print out and send into people. So there now, when you, say, yeah. when you say a transcription service, so who would be in charge of that? Well, the, well, the scan of it will happen probably commercially. So we'll have a, a commercial printer do it for us. So people will send um, to us. You know, the transcript will be picked up then by our, our, our printer, who will then scan it and then put it into the, into the, um, um, the secure server space that the person will have allocated. Now, we work out how big it's going to be. It might be a gigabyte, it might be a couple of gigabytes, um, depending on how people use it, and we'll work out what we need. But the intention is that there will be a secure um, uh, space where people can save their documents or they can be photos or whatever it is in the way that anybody outside can save it. Well, that will be available for people inside the prisons and hospitals when they want us to put it out or send it somewhere or whatever. We will do that for them. The uh, and so you're, you're talking there about justice action, right? We are, yes. Justice wow. Action. Well, justice action will do it through iExpress. iExpress is the... Is the um, uh, the website and the email service that we've maintained since 2013, right? um, everyone agrees it's the first in the world. Running since 2013, we have hundreds of people at the moment who are using the email services, which we, where we just they, they receive emails the same as anyone else do, um, yeah. anyone else does, and we just then print out the emails and send them as groups into each of the jails. So we had, today we had about, I said probably 20 people in Lithgow Prison here in New South Wales um, ask for um, a registration to iExpress services. Everyone will get their own email address and then can have their own um, profile up. If they want to use it, they don't have to put a profile up, but they have access to email services and then avoid all the costs that um, mail um, is all the time and some people don't even send letters anymore from um, on the outside. Um, so, you know, they'll have access to email services the same way as other people do. That's fantastic. And did you have to lobby the government for that, Brett, or how, how did that happen? Well, look, part of, part of the strength of this is that we don't need the government to do it, which is really important. Because we found if you ask government to do things, they often say, well, they say no, almost like a, as a reflex action. Yeah. So what we do, the newspaper itself has gone to everyone. It's only gone in because it, it carries the, uh, the statements from political parties which are expressed to people and the citizens inside the jails. And that's a constitutional entitlement. So that letter, right, the, the newspaper called Just Us, has a constitutional entitlement into the prisons. And we, we've been to the Supreme Court three times to battle for the right of that newspaper to enter, and we've won it. So in Victoria, for example, at the last federal election, they, they went, oh, I don't know whether we'll let this in. And we had the human rights law set up inside us and said, if you don't let it in, we'll go to the Supreme Court, as we did in New South Wales and won. And they said, OK, we'll let it in. And they let it in again this time. We know it's gone in because we know um, people inside the high security unit have been talking to us. Uh, people in other jails have been sending us letters. So we know it's gone in to the whole system in Victoria. 
and Queensland and New South Wales and, and Tasmania and Northern Territory. No, Northern Territory said no so far. So we have to deal with that yet. So, it's, you know, some areas have been more accepting than others. Western Australia said yes. So that's gone in. And then, and then really interestingly has been, has been mental health space. Because the mental health space is even more difficult. And so we had to negotiate with each of the, each of the um, area services. Say in Victoria, there are 13 local health districts in Victoria. Each one we had to do with separately to get the newspaper in. And so we're just continuing to roll that out now to make sure that people um, are engaged in the democratic process. And we you know we have enough money. We run our own business. We have enough money to better do this and support it ourselves at the moment. And then later we'll charge something. At the moment we're talking about maybe a dollar a week, something like that, a dollar a week. To, to maintain the service, and then and we, we, at the moment it doesn't matter. We, we've got enough money to do it. Later we'll make sure that it can recover, recover the costs. So basically, so you mean rec- recover the costs from whom? Uh, well, from, well, ideally what we're looking for is recover the costs from the service providers. Oh, I see. Because, what, because you see the edu- education services, we've got a whole lot of services there. Um, those services, they, they want to ensure that their services are being used. So if we can get advertising from those service providers, that will provide the Fantastic. Financially. At the moment, we're paying for it. But, um, but you know, we'll, yeah. we'll find a way of recovering it. And, and, some, and even if, and as we're contributing now, even if we were to bypass Australia Post and pick up letters from the prisons, yeah. instead of paying a dollar or dollar twenty each letter, we can actually pick it up for nothing from the jail and then we can recover. That's more money. We're saving for the prisons, so that's, Absolutely. Where, that's what it's all about. So basically, what you're saying, Brett, is is that there's two parts to this. So there's so there's the fact that you're putting the newspapers into the prisons, but there's yes. also the transcription service where, you know, um, prisoners might want to have photos transcribed or legal documents, perhaps, or you know, stuff like well, that. Well, well, it's not quite simple as that. The first is there's the newspaper which goes in and it talks about what the services are. So the newspaper has gone in into oh. every prison in Australia. That's the newspaper that's gone in. Yeah. It's called Just Us. In Victoria, we know for sure it's gone fully. New South Wales, Queensland, Tasmania, and, and some Western Australia have gone in completely, and the ACT completely. So we know that's gone in, the first thing. But what it does, amongst other things, in the newspaper, it has a coupon in the bottom left-hand corner, which people are tearing off and sending back to us. Then they register oh. in that, they registered for the services. Now, there are four services that we're offering, four. The first one is email. They'll have their own email address. Same with everybody else. If people can then send things on the email address. We'll have to send us a letter. We scan the letter and email to wherever it's going. So it means you can email to oh. three or four people. It doesn't matter. You see? So that's it. And anybody sends emails back to us, we print out that email and put it in the post to them. Now, if we've got a lot of people in one jail, it goes in one, it goes in each separate envelope, but inside a box. It goes to, and the box goes into jail. So it doesn't cost us, it cost us mail, or we just print it out. So bypass a lot of the costs there, and that's one way, that's one thing for email. Then there's the profile. Now profiles like Facebook, then people can say who they are, but as they want to be seen, not like as this, ah, oh, this scumbag, you didn't hang on. I don't see myself as bad at all. I'm, I'm a poet. I'm a painter. I'm a, I'm a father. I'm a, you can, I do poetry. I do whatever I want to do. You say who you want, want to be. As you are. But you can't attack people. It's got to be a positive statement. You can't um, attack victims and no, 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 I can't do that. So we, so that's, that's the profile. A positive, positive community building exercise, we say. Number two. The third thing is the vault service, which allows people to save things on the server. So they have something which can be remained all the time. 
So people are currently losing letters, losing transcripts, losing photos. There's no safe place because you've moved from jail to jail or you've lost everything outside. We will retain it on this vault service, guaranteed to be retained, held by a major telecommunications company, all safe and backed up and whatever. We're not going to charge for it. Let's get it going. And we'll worry about it later about the payment. And then the fourth thing is we're, we're doing an information services. You can ask us questions. I go, say, oh, how am I going to do education? How am I going to do this? We've got all this information. We've prepared as a, as a library of information, which we'll print out and send to people. So there are four levels, email, profile, um, uh, uh, vault services, safety vault services, and information services. That's the offering. And wow. then, so as soon as people use it, then we can actually we'll drum it up and make it bigger and bigger and better. Okay? So the inmates obviously need a computer to do that. No, they don't. They no. handwrite things to us. They can write to you. Send. Yes, handwrite to us. We now we've changed our PR box. Fantastic. You can send us the old PR box, but the, the new new PR box is slightly different. It's it's PO box two double O one four. So two hundred fourteen, two double O one four, World Square, New South Wales two double O two. So it's Fantastic. PO box two double O one four. World Square, New South Wales, 2002. And if you just write, um, write a note to us and say, I'd like to have information service, I'd like to have whatever, we will send a response back to them. We're, we're sending out responses right now. Like hundreds are going out right now. Because we sent out, and we sent out 50,000 copies of the newspaper. 50,000. So we're all prepared to, to handle the inquiries. And we're Fantastic. So the newspapers actually have the services in, in there about what's yes, available. A, that's right. There's a note of the service at the top of the bottom left-hand corner. There's a, there's a little a coupon which they tear out and it's called Registration for iExpress Services or Registration for Information Services. And there it is. And all you do is put your name on it, your MIN number, your address, what is your yeah. preferred iExpress email address and what do you want? What do you want? And you say, if you can send that to us, we'll send a letter back to you. And then, so they have, well, so with the email address, so... Yes. That would be via computer for them? Uh, no, because no. If, they want to, if they want to send an email, all they do is send, they, they send a, a handwritten oh, letter to us. Oh, okay. You email this to, to Jenny at so you, so, so Justice Action is going to be the pa- the party that does it for them. I see what you mean That's now. That's right. We, now we I get it. it. We scan it and emails. We scan emails. That's and then awesome. And when, when they receive an email, we print the email out and then send it to the post them as a, a batch. So the idea is that we're getting it in front, in front of computers and cell phones and their services. We're making sure that people now already have access to Internet services, but we'll do it in a, in a rather clunky way, but it's been working since 2013. We have hundreds of people who have been using it since 2013, and we're now going to expand it to everyone in the prison system. Because the more people involved, the cheaper it will become, the easier it is for us. Brett, that's amazing. Look, that's, that's just fantastic. I'm surprised that, the, that they haven't said no, because, I mean, wouldn't they also be worried about, they'd want to censor things, wouldn't they? Well, you see, that's the strength of it as well, because everyone, when you send out a letter, the letter has, still has to go through the, through the censorship of the jail anyway. Yeah. So we're not going to let anything go through. I mean, like, not up to us. All no. we do is we receive the letter that comes in from the prisoner, and we see the email that's come in for the prisoner. So in each one situation, it still has to go through the prison censorship scheme. It doesn't make a difference at all. So it still goes through that. The only thing is that they can then have an email address, which means they are no longer a handwritten handwritten a letter needing to go through the mail and the rest of stuff. Now they are 
scanned and sent by email. So they have their own email address. They can receive their own email, and that's the keyboard. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. No, so we're very proud. And it was our first in the world. It was, it was acknowledged by Huffington Post back then in 2013. It's been very significant, and we've been very protective of it. We're very pleased now that, um, that um, uh, you know, right across, uh, certainly through Victoria, but all through the jars and, and the major jars I mentioned earlier, they have all received the newspaper, and we're having a wash of, of um, uh, letters coming from people asking to, um, to uh, receive the services which we're, we're currently we a team rolling on now. That's great that you explain the newspaper, though, because the newspaper really is all prisoner-related. Absolutely. No, yeah. It is prisoner-related. It's called The Voice of People in Prisons and Hospitals. And it's, actually, it's on the Justice Action website, so anybody who wants to go up on the way on the website outside, from families or anyone can, can see the, um, on the website the newspaper itself, and you can see the coupon on the bottom left-hand corner, which, which, um, which people are sending back to us. And we're getting it back. We're getting it back letters with inside the letters, 20, 25 coupons are sitting inside the letters. Fantastic. <laughs> so, so it's very good. We're very pleased. Now, on a different topic, Brett, um, and thank you so much for explaining all that, it is Reconciliation Week this week. Can you just quickly comment on that? Look, absolutely. I mean, look, the most fundamental thing of all, of course, is you know, the, the Aboriginal representations on the presence. It's just a, 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 everybody these days is embarrassed about what has happened to, um, to the Aboriginal people and the way they have been dumped inside the prison system. Now, they're catching the butt of it. Like, we have 14 times the rate of imprisonment and for, for Aboriginal people than non-Aboriginal people. Now, that, everybody goes, that's shocking. Uh, we're right now involved in, a, in the David Dungay inquest, which um, is uh, Aboriginal death in custody here in New South Wales. And we're totally aware that you know, in other states and territories are the same sort of behaviours happening all the time. So in this Reconciliation Week, what, what we really must do is we must highlight uh, how the Aboriginal people and, and Torres Strait Indigenous people have been affected by imprisonment. Now, how, how so much money is spent against them and not, nothing for them. And how the, 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 um, the principles of uh, command of your own space and sovereignty you know, of your lives and, and control of your culture have been um, um, desecrated in this whole process. So reconciliation, of course, is, you know, it's, uh, um, uh, it's fundamental. I think everyone is now accepting that something has to be done. I see even, even um, uh, Scott Morrison has, has adopted some of the words of uh, the indigenous people, I think it's a lot more work to be done for sure. Absolutely. I mean, the coalition government has certainly watered down a lot of those policies. But anyway, look, Brett, thank you so much for coming onto the program. It was a pleasure to have you, and it's so good that we're able to put this all on air. Marissa, lovely to speak with you guys. Thanks for all the effort from you guys in 3CR. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. 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 Take care. And that was Brett Collins from Justice Action um, speaking about prison-related newspapers and lots of services um, that, are, that are, have been going on for prisoners and, and people in mental health facilities. Justice Action has certainly been working very hard. And you're back with the Doing Time show, and I wanted to actually play that song in honour of Reconciliation Week um, by Archie Roach, and it's called I Lied. Not sure if I actually believe in reconciliation. Um, I'm, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that it's not possible, but I am saying that really um, the election results um, have not been conducive to Aboriginal people at this stage, as uh, the coalition government has watered down a lot of policies. 
So let's see how we go. Um, reconciliation, treaty, sovereignty, that's what we need. Um, it's approximately 4.22 and we're going to be speaking shortly with Ian from the Refugee Action Coalition in New South Wales and I'm hoping to speak to Ian about refugees and asylum seekers so he can give us an update about what's been going on and perhaps also um, look at the increase of suicides on Manus Island and indeed on all the detention centres, particularly Manus. And I wanted to speak with him also about how he thinks or how the coalition thinks that the election results um, are going to reflect the plight of asylum seekers and refugees. What what solutions can we have? What policies can we um, engender here? Hello, Ian. Welcome to the program. Yeah, I'm Erickson. Great to have you. Yeah, thanks. And were you able to get access to that introduction, Ian? Were you on hold? There? I was, I was indeed. Yep. Lovely. Um, now, do you want to just start off by by talking about that, uh, about what's been happening? Um, no, well, there is. Uh, I mean, we talk about you know a crisis all the time, but there is a, a you know a very urgent situation you know that has has developed on Manus in the since the since the election. Um, I mean, it's difficult to put a you know a precise number, but the uh, but we're probably looking at you know perhaps up even seventeen you know sort of uh, serious attempts at uh, suicide and self harm. They're they're really happening at you know two or three a day. Yeah, at the moment, and it's extremely, you know, distressing for the people involved. It's distressing for anybody who's, you know, in the compounds who's just aware. Like it's just the, the um, rather than uh, plateauing out, if you like, it's it seems to be, you know, escalating, and that you know each self harm is encouraging, you know, others or you know others are, you know, it's it's you know increasing increasing numbers. It's not quite as bad on you know on Nauru, but there is. There is a very, you know, similar situation. I think people had, you know, big expectations. Uh, that a lot was invested in the, you know, in the election. You know, Labor had given, you know, certain undertakings of 150 people that would accept New Zealand, uh, which would mean 150 people would be going to New Zealand. Uh, Shorten had said that they would get everybody off Manus and Nauru, although they are not clear where they were going. They certainly weren't saying they'd bring them to Australia, but they did say that they would be a priority to get them off the island. Um, so, there, understandably, there were expectations associated with, uh, you know, with the election, and uh, in the aftermath, uh, I suppose um, if there, people had a shred of hope that, uh, you know, that shred's gone. So, it, it's it is a, a very, you know, urgent situation on, you know, on Manus and Nauru. And what's what's the government doing about it? I mean, it doesn't seem to be very much in the media, does it? No, there's been there's been very little. I mean, obviously the media is mostly concerned about the you know these the more comings and goings about you know Canberra and uh, who's the you know the cabinet minister who's yeah. going to become the unopposed you know Labor leader etc. Mm. Who's going to be the deputy? Um, but of course that overshadowed all those things is um, you know what those things might mean for you know offshore you know detention and you've got both parties remain you know committed to you know offshore detention uh, we're certainly be doing everything we can to you know push labor to uh, maintain 
win, uh, at the very least, you know, its commitment to the Medivac bill, you know, to getting everybody off, uh, you know, Madison and Nauru to be in favour of the medical, you know, transfers, uh, to push the government to accept, uh, near the 150, uh, to New Zealand, you know, but more than that, obviously we need, uh, we need an end of offshore detention and we want everyone who's on Madison and Nauru to be, you know, brought to Australia. You know, Ian, it's, it's, um, it's a very difficult situation because, you know, there aren't really enough stories in the mainstream media about what's happening with the self-harm and the suicide. It's only when there's extreme violence that it's reported. And I'm wondering if you could just um, tell listeners, because obviously um, this do and time, the Do and Time show is about looking at um, helping people that have been deprived of a voice. And I'm wondering if you could just tell listeners what actually... Um, causes the self-harm and suicide? I know it's a really obvious question, but I think that we do need to talk to listeners about that. No, well, sure. I mean, uh, it is relatively obvious when you, you know, when you think about it. The people now, it's almost six years that they've been, you know, held on, on Manus and Nauru. There, there is no, no outcome, no foreseeable outcome. People haven't seen their families. They haven't seen their kids. Uh, they've got no, you know, personal security. They've got no certainty about their, you know, future lives. You've got people who wanted to be, you know, wanted to study, wanted to become, you know, veterinarians, wanted to go to university, wanted to have lives where they could get their families, you know, safely somewhere. They've been deprived of, of all those things. Um, and they're, and, you know, it's I mean, it's said very often, but you know, unlike a prison sentence, when they know that each day that you're in detention, you know, comes, you know, it's one day closer to getting out. But that's not the case for the people who are on, you know, Manus and Nauru. And and when they see the number of medical transfers, I mean, there's around 970 people now are actually in Australia from Manus and Nauru, you know, on the basis of medical, you know, medical transfers. Um, they see their own deteriorating uh, situation where there, there is no help. I mean, the medical facilities are um, essentially non-existent on Manus and they're rudimentary, you know, on, uh, you know, on Nauru. Um, there's no, and in any case, it's not, it's not medical treatment people need. I mean, you can't get, you know, psychiatric treatment, uh, for, you know, the being imprisoned, you know, and, uh, it, it, it's freedom, you know, that they need, not more, you know, not more medical, not more medical treatment. And that's, that is what happens. You know, you get people who, you know, attempt suicide, you know, on, uh, Lorengau. Some of them are, are so serious that they are transferred from Lorengau on Manus Island, uh, to, you know, Port Moresby, but there's no treatment in Port Moresby. They, if the best situation is they end up in a closed ward, you know, in PIH, it's not, it looks a lot like Manus, you know, a closed ward in the Pacific International Hospital. Um, if they are put into Granville Motel, it's, it's again, it's like they can't go out, they're not safe to go out. Uh, people are, are assaulted, there are guards everywhere, they've got no, the, the guards can come and go in their rooms, they're, uh, they're able to be locked into their rooms, but the guards can come in any time. I mean, I could go, I could yeah. go on, but it's, it's, uh, it's that lack of certainty, that lack of security, and it just, is, you know, they looked at the election result and they think they've got at least three years stretching ahead of them um, and that's uh, too much for quite a few of them. So, okay, let's, let's I know you, we, we've got to cut this short very soon because I think you've got somewhere to go to, but in terms of um, the election results, what's the coalition stand on that? 
Um, well, I mean, they've, they've said, the, the most immediate thing they've said is that they want to repeal the Medivac bill. Um, now, whether they've got the numbers in the Senate to do that, um, the figures are not, you know, all the results are not, are not quite in. But I think the fact that it was their announced intention that they want to, you know, repeal who? the Medivac bill. Who, who wants to do that? The coalition, yeah, Ms. Morrison. Um, the coalition wants to appeal the Medivac bill. Repeal, repeal, yes. repeal. Yes. Yep, they intend to repeal the Medivac bill. What? Yes. Mm. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, no, they've made that, they made that very, very public. Uh, in the, in the one of the things they announced during the election was that they were going to close Christmas Island by the first of July. Um, that they very publicly, you know, reopened at the start of their election. Uh, campaign is a bit of a you know scare factor, um, but they're going to close Christmas Island by the first of July uh, on the basis of actually repealing the you know the Medivac bill. Uh, so um, that's certainly something that you know we'll be opposing. There's already a protest. There'd been a protest in Melbourne um, you know last Friday, mm. Friday just gone, which was very good. Uh, Sydney's got a protest this coming you know Friday where we'll be highlighting the Villa Wheeler family deportation and. Uh, highlighting the uh, you know the Medivac bill and the situation on you know on Manus, uh, but that's I, I think that's what people see. I mean, I think we will try to push for the medical transfers, but now the the, the push is very much against you know the same government that resisted you know the kids off Nauru that resisted the Medivac bill that resisted the medical transfers. Uh, you know when they you know when they were started started to happen. Uh, that's uh, the the government that's appealing you know federal court decisions that have uh, you know ordered uh, medical medical transfers you know from uh, Nauru so I think our expectation is and, and certainly from you know people who are in offshore is that uh, you've got a government that is going to double down I think is a commonly used phrase you know these these times to um, maintain you know the, the very harsh regime on you know on medicine and, and Nauru and, and resist you know the possibilities of people you know getting to safety. Okay, that's really interesting. I knew about the the Manus Island that they wanted to close down the island in July, mm. but I missed the bit about repealing the bill. Now I'll have to do I'll have to have a look at that more closely. But Ian, I'm so glad you talked about that. But I'm wondering where are these people going to go now? Where are they going to put them? Well, there there is nowhere for them to go. Is, where are they going to go? There, there just is nowhere. They, I think the government is just hoping that they will, you know, disappear slowly. Oh uh, my you know, God. They, they've kind of tried to wash their hands. Of, well, we've got no responsibility about Nauru, got no responsibility about Manus. They've uh, distanced themselves now. The, uh, the the service providers, as they're called, are, you know, on Nauru are all Nauruan <sighs> companies now, not Australian companies, although they're still Correct. you know contacted uh, by Australia, but. Um, and similarly on you know on you know on Manus. so they've tried to try to distance themselves from that uh, that outcome, but the facts remain just the same you know p and g can't and won't resettle uh Nauru has said they'll issue twenty year visas uh but they are not going to allow you know sort of permanent settlement you know, on Nauru either so the government's got no there there is no plan there's no ability to actually resettle and provide you know security for these people there will be there'll be a handful more people when I say a handful there may be up to a hundred people uh, who may go from Manus uh, to America under the under zeal. There'll be some more people who'll go from Nauru. It's almost finished on Nauru, but maybe there's another. You know, who knows? Maybe 30 people, 40 people, maybe. You know, will go. Maybe the overall figure from Manus to Nauru to get to the US will be 
uh, closer to 600 or maybe even 650, but it's a long way short of the 1250 that they talked about when they talked about the US deal, um, and uh, 1250 wasn't going to get every refugee, you know, safely to the US. 650 certainly is, you know, 600, 600 shorter, so there's still be a thousand people, you know, who, you know, aren't going to get to, you know, to the US. So, um, there really is no alternative. I mean, the campaign, it's one of the, the good things, if you like, about the about the campaign is that it was very clear going into the election uh, that regardless of the outcome of the election, that there was still a, a very strident need for a refugee movement. Even if Labor had been elected, yeah. we still would have had to fight, you know, to get them to close Manus and Nauru and to bring, you know, all the refugees and asylum seekers uh, to Australia. So um, the the movement is still on the front foot. Um, we may have to step up the campaign, but that's what these protests are all about. Uh, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane have got rallies on the 19th and 20th of uh, July. That's already, you know, in, in progress. That'll mark the sixth anniversary of the Pacific uh, Solution that was brought in by the Labor government in uh, 2013. So, you know, the, the movement's on the front foot. Um, uh, there's, you know, plenty of other, plenty of other, you know, issues, uh, but very important that we do keep on the front foot. And now it's important to keep the pressure on the, um, the, you know, the Morrison government, uh, but also to keep the pressure on, you know, the Labor Party. Absolutely. And, you know, just one final thing about the, the possible repealing um, of that bill. I hope it doesn't happen. No, well, we'll see about the numbers, uh, you know, in the Senate. Um, and, um, but obviously there's a, a, a lot of people, you know, supported the Medivac bill. A lot of people in the community saw that as, you know, the, you know, a chink of, you know, of hope, you know, out of, out of the refugee yeah. campaign. Very encouraged by the fact that Labor, you know, actually supported it. So Indeed. we'll, be redoubling our efforts, talking to the unions, talking to everyone. To I mean, the Labor Party has already said that they are not, that they will not collaborate with the government to repeal. Um, and so we'll, we'll need to make sure that if there is an attempt, that there is a, to, by the government to repeal there is mu- as much publicity and community, community opposition uh, that we can build uh, to uh, to fight that. Absolutely, Ian. It's a form of special cruelty and violation, violations of human rights. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it is, it is astounding uh, that you've got a government that uh, could actually, in, it, even when it knows, you know, the, the medical circumstances that in very often themselves, I mean, there's still transfers that are made because the government itself recognises that, that people can't get you know, the treatment, but people have to be so ill, so desperately ill, um, before, you know, the government will actually transfer, you know, people in those circumstances. But, uh, you know, to think that they would stand in the way, uh, you know, of doctors' recommendations for people to get, you know, medical, medical treatment, uh, but I think that does say everything about the Morrison government. It's why so many people were, you know, opposed to them in the run-up to the election and uh, disappointed that we've still got them. ScoMo, eat your heart out. Why, is, why don't you go and spend some time on Manus, mate? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. There's a good, very good reason that he's uh, he's not there. He, he's a big, you know, talks about big being a fam, you know, family man, but he, a family uh, man. you know, he's subjected the kind of 
desperate circumstances that are inflicted, uh, you know, on people on Manus and Nauru, uh, you know, beyond, uh, you know, beyond belief. Uh, you know, like the some of the people who have the, you know, acute, uh, you know, episodes of attempted suicide on Manus Island have, have ended up on the floor of police cells um, because there is there is nowhere there is nowhere for people to be treated, uh, you know, to properly with any kind of, you know, care and concern. And uh, but you know. That's, I think that's a picture of what the, you know, Morrison government is, uh, you know, is capable of. Absolutely. And, you know, it is Reconciliation Week this week um, for, with Aboriginal and Indigenous people as well. And it's just a, a national disgrace. Yes, well, the, you know, the, yeah, the police sells men, you know, a lot to Indigenous people in, uh, in, in this country for big, you know, very similar, very similar reasons. I think it's why there has been a, you know, a, a common, a common struggle and a common recognition of, uh, you know, a system that deprives Aboriginal people of their rights and deprives, you know, deprives refugees of their rights. Ian, thank you so much for coming on to the program and I really wanted to have you on. I had Chris Breen on last week for the Refugee Action Collective, but I felt that it was really important to do a follow-up with you because I really wanted to um, speak about asylum seekers and refugees in detail and do a two-part broadcast um, to really highlight these issues because although um, ABC and you know the media is talking about it, it's not enough. No, no. The more you know, the more the merrier, and the more community reach there is, you know, the more that we can, you know, build a campaign that uh, will take the fight to Morrison and let the people on Manus and Nauru know that, in spite of the election, you know, result, uh, there's a movement that's going to uh, keep campaigning until we end offshore detention. Bring them here. Yep. Good on you. Thanks, Marissa. Thanks, Ian. Take care. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. And that was Ian from the Refugee Action Coalition, New South Wales. Uh, speaking about refugees and asylum seekers and looking at some of the um, crazy policies that the coalition government has in regards to um, the plight of these people. The 3CR Radiothon is fast approaching. And this year, we're asking you to power Radical Radio. That's right. It's with your support that we're able to be independent, community-controlled and focused on people rather than profits. Your support during Radiothon powers the station to give voice to hundreds of people and issues for another year. And remember, any amount you can afford makes a big difference and all donations over $2 are tax-deductible. 3CR Radiothon 2019... June the 3rd to the 16th. Power Radical Radio. In 2019, 3CR has the power. Add your support during the annual Radiothon to Power Radical Radio. Radiothon starts 3rd of June. To donate, call 039419 8377 or donate online at 3cr.org.au. 3CR Radiothon 2019. Power Radical Radio. And you're back with the Doing Time Show. And yeah, I just played some announcements 
to do with Radiothon and please um, start looking at pledging and donating to all shows at 3CR. We really need your support. And also just doing a little bit of a an initial promo, if you like. Um, the, as I said, it starts um, next week. And I, I believe the um, the um, non-English speaking, the ethnic programs will start first, leading up to the um, the Radiothon the, um, with the other shows. We um, are having our doing time show on the 11th of June, which is a, the Monday, 4 to 5. And our target is $850. So if people could, um, could, could start really looking at that, that would be wonderful. Um, it's approximately 4.42. And I'm going to be playing you a song now by Kev Carmody. And it's um, called Eulogy. In December 2017, Tanya Day, proud Yorta Yorta woman and much-loved member of the Aboriginal community, was travelling by train to Melbourne. When V-Line staff found her asleep, they called Castlemaine Police and she was removed from the train and charged with public drunkenness. Tanya died 17 days later as a result of head injuries sustained while in custody. This would never have happened had the recommendations of the 2001 Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody been implemented. Tanya Day's family is calling for the crime of public drunkenness to be abolished and for the implementation of genuine community health alternatives to incarceration. Please add your support by signing the petition at 3CR reception 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy, or online by entering Tanya Day Petition into your browser. And you're back with the Doing Time show, and you just heard an announcement um, about Tanya Day. I thought I'd take the time, actually, for the next couple of minutes to just quickly read out part of a media release. It's a very old media release, but I, th- I think I really like it. It's, I know that the, the, um, the inquest has now been transferred to the Human Rights Law Centre, but this particular media release was written by the Aboriginal Legal Service Victoria, in Victoria and in December um, when she first died, I believe. And I think it's a really pertinent media release and, and it's time for action to end deaths in custody. The Victorian government needs to act to prevent Aboriginal deaths in custody by abolishing the offence of public drunkenness, says the Victorian Aboriginal Legal Service. In an extraordinary statement at a directions hearing into the death of Auntie Tanya Day, the Victorian coroner, Caitlin English, said she would recommend that public drunkenness be abolished in this state in line with recommendations of the Royal Commission into Aboriginal deaths in custody made almost 30 years ago. And I just wanted to read that out just to reiterate that it is really important um, to to call on the Attorney General um, to and Premier Daniel Andrews to help to feed sorry, to heed the lead of the coroner and commit to working with the Victorian Aboriginal community to prevent thir- further deaths in custody. And it's time to act to abolish the offence of public drunkenness and properly fund sobering up and community health alternatives to incarceration. Aboriginal people have waited too long to be treated with dignity and respect by the justice system in this state. And the Day family have lost their mother, 
grandmother, sister and auntie, and the Aboriginal community has lost a much-loved and respected advocate. Now, this was written quite a few years ago, but I wanted to really highlight it because of the fact that it's true, that there are very, very few services for Aboriginal people, and indeed very few services for anybody, really, in regards to um, sobering up, and in regards to being able to have somewhere to go this particular incident could have been avoided and Tanya, Auntie Tanya would have been alive today if she had been um, looked after instead of being thrown into a cell. So, yeah, I mean, we can't even get public transport now um, without the cops um, arresting people and not doing anything to help people. So there really is um, a duty of care here. It's approximately 4.51 and we're nearing the end of our show. Um, thank you very much to Brett Collins and Ian for um, contributing to the show today and also just to remind listeners yet again that it is Reconciliation Week. Um, try to attend um, some, of the, some of the events or if not, um, think, about, think about some of the things that have happened to Aboriginal people over the years and read a book or, um, you know, get in touch with um, some of the information about the major massacres that have happened um, over many years. I know it's not uh, happy reading, but we can't avoid those topics. And, yeah, it's really important. In fact, I think I'm going to play you um, an announcement now, um, and I'm hoping that this is going to help to educate a bit. In 2019, this is our country. We've never forgotten where we've come from. Or who we are. We keep our culture strong. Now it's time to come together. Talk as equals. And write our own future. This is our country. And this is our time. Treaty is time. Enroll now for the First People's Assembly of Victoria election. Authorised by the Victorian Treaty Advancement Commission, Melbourne. Precisely. And you're back with the Do and Time show. It's approximately um, 4.52. Hi, my name is Lex Wharton and I listen to 3CR and I hope you do too. I hope that you could support 3CR in its radiothon because 3CR supports the fight for communities and support in all areas of struggles. So please listen to 3CR. And you're back with the Doing Time show and it's approximately 4.53. Yeah, so I'll just put on another announcement. The 3CR Radiothon is fast approaching. And this year, we're asking you to power Radical Radio. That's right. It's with your support that we're able to be independent, community-controlled and focused on people rather than profits. Your support during Radiothon powers the station to give voice to hundreds of people and issues for another year. And remember, any amount you can afford makes a big difference and all donations over $2 are tax-deductible. 3CR Radiothon 2019, 
June the 3rd to the 16th. Power Radical Radio. love our 3CR Radical Radio t-shirts and so do we. They're 100% cotton and Australian made and you can get one for just $30. They come in black, dark grey and a cool light grey. To nab one of these beauties, drop into the station at 21 Smith Street or order by phoning 94198377 or you can visit us online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Come on, you know you want one. In December 2017, Tanya Day, proud Yorta Yorta woman and much-loved member of the Aboriginal community, was travelling by train to Melbourne. When V-Line staff found her asleep, they called Castlemaine Police and she was removed from the train and charged with public drunkenness. Tanya died 17 days later as a result of head injuries sustained while in custody. This would never have happened had the recommendations of the 2001 Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody been implemented. Tanya Day's family is calling for the crime of public drunkenness to be abolished and for the implementation of genuine community health alternatives to incarceration. Please add your support by signing the petition at 3CR Reception, 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy, or online by entering Tanya Day Petition into your browser. And you're back with the Doing Time Show. It's about another minute before I'm out of here. And, yeah, just tune in every Monday from 4 to 5 for the Doing Time Show. Thank you once again to our guests for contributing. And just a, a, just a last, last, last reminder that um, Radiothon is starting next week. In case people have just tuned in, this is the Doing Time Show. Um, donate to all shows at 3CR. And our um, particular show is on the, I, I believe it's the... 11th of June, which is which is on the Monday, um, and yeah, so and our target is eight hundred and fifty dollars. It's approximately four fifty six. We've got Beyond Zero coming up next. Um, stay tuned for the Doing Time show every Monday from four to five p.m. And we're going to be going out now with our theme song, Black Fella, White Fella, by the Warumpi Band. And take care of each other and um, and stay strong.